Hello, everyone, and uh, welcome to this episode of Behind the DM Screen for the uh, Party Advantage show here. Uh, this is the Q&A episode uh, for 2018 that we've been pumping out to you guys, and we've been gathering all of your questions and comments and queries, and this is where we sit down and we answer them all over uh, the course of the first uh, 20 episodes. So that's the first 10 episodes of each campaign. Uh, why don't we start out tonight by going around and uh, reintroducing everybody who's here with us this evening. Uh, as you guys have probably guessed, I'm Rob Kerr. I'm the DM of the uh, the Farwind campaign, and I play the incorrigible road that winds uh, in Arius. And I am Cassie Derby. I am DM for the Arius campaign, and I play the tiefling Serafina. Uh, in the Farwind campaign. Hey, I'm Kyle, the one and only Manny, and the uh, Tabaxi Shadow. Hello, my name is Ryan. I play Dark. He is a Tabaxi Ranger who only whines in Farwind. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bring us home, Adam. Hi, I'm Adam Derby. I'm the fabulous Xavier and the irreplaceable Tagoro. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. I love you, Adam. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. So uh, we are 10 episodes into each of the campaigns. Uh, and what are your thoughts? I mean, for we've been playing Arius for a little while now. And uh, and Farwind, as uh, Dismal Ninja points out later in one of the questions that we'll get to, uh, you guys really sort of uh, gave birth to your characters on the air. Um, so how are the campaigns going? What are your thoughts? What are your feelings? Got it. Awesome. Uh, I think the show and the game's going really great. Really good. I, I love being here. Love I love playing. Uh, I, I love how my characters are turning out. Xavier's a sassy little bitch, and Tagoro's just lovable and kind, and everyone loves him. <laughs> Um, it, it has been a lot of fun playing both campaigns. Uh, DMing for mine, I I absolutely love DMing. It's been like a hot while. So getting to uh, to to DM is a lot of fun, and then getting to play is also a really good change up too. So I've been enjoying it. Yeah, that that really is nice. As I you know, I mentioned previously, I very rarely get to actually play a character. Um, you know, I, mm -hmm. I'm, uh, I DM most of the time. And so it's been really fun actually getting to, uh, uh, well, to, to, to dig in and be part of the party again. Um, I, I really, really love the, uh, the party for the, the Arius campaign. They're a lot of fun to play with. Uh, and I have to say, <laughs> they are pretty lovable. <laughs> so, you know, I, I've DM'd for a number of you guys before, but I, uh, this is the first, far was the first time I've DM'd for Adam. And, uh, and he is such a dynamic player. It's been, uh, keeping me on my toes as a DM to keep up with his characters. It's been a lot of fun. Welcome to my hell. <laughs> <laughs> I like playing with, uh, Rob and Adam as players because I had never played as, players with you two you know rob had always been my dm and then me and adam had never played in until arius so playing with you two really brought new dynamic for me as a player i was like okay this is cool it's interesting 
Uh, me personally, it's just exciting to uh, play at all. Uh, the only other person that I ever got to play with was um, my brother and his girlfriend. And I thought that was really fun, but I find this a little bit more enjoyable just because I'm meeting new people and it's just a, a good story in Farwin. Oh, it really is. And you play yeah. such an adorable character. Uh, yeah. It's It's been really cool having you part of the team here. And uh, and it's been really fun to watch somebody else play Tabaxi Ranger too. Tabaxi. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So just the the different choices that can be made there and the, uh, the different paths that two characters can take, even with that same basic you know class structure. and race yeah. yeah that's been really cool that's been personally a lot of fun for me to watch yeah and uh, actually on the, on a comment to that me and ryan spend time looking at your character sheet because of dnd beyond we can like look at that kind of stuff and be like well are you interested in this kind of build or do you want to build something different and that's when we talked about it and he chose what he chose what about uh just because i'm car- curious kyle what about since we have two bards in, in both of our campaigns. How's that from your perspective, playing one of the bards? Um, well, I noticed there's a question later on that, like, who's the better <laughs> bard and stuff like that. But, you know, it's <laughs> where I, I feel like we're so different as characters. Like, it's hard to choose because I like both, you know, I, it's hard to choose. Like, but seeing Adam play that sassy role is really fun and creative and just, it's wild and you, it's, a, it's a wild card. You never know what's going to happen. That's for damn sure. <laughs> Adam certainly keeps us all on our toes. That's... <laughs> yeah. Yes, he does. That's my gift. Is it though? <laughs> It is. So what about you, Adam? How has this been going for you in terms of, you know, how, I know you said you've enjoyed being here and that you liked the way your characters are developing here, but uh, talk to us about playing with this group because this is the first time, you know, these two campaigns are the first time you've played with most of us. Uh, I mean, it's, it's going good. Like, I love playing with everyone. I really uh, like getting to know the Knight Brothers as Xavier. And, you know, Tagoro just, you know, he's that lovable guy. So he just kind of gets along with everyone. So it's it's been fun to kind of like have moments with everyone. Like he's really close, with, you know, of course, with Rich's character. So, you know, me and Rich are pretty good. <laughs> yeah, terrific. Which, by the way, Rich couldn't make it here tonight. Uh, and so uh, we love you, Rich. We miss you. Uh, but uh, we love, love Lucaros and Roche. And playing with you and hopefully we'll get you in for another Q&A session sometime in the future here. Definitely. I will say for, for Rich, having him play Lakeros, just his dynamic within the group, I love how he's like taking on this big brother type mentality with Tagoro and whatnot and how he, he's like really caring about the other characters, Rhodes and Manny and whatnot. I, I just, I absolutely love how he handles himself as a character and a player. Yeah, and just how giving he is. Oh, he is just such a nice guy. <laughs> he is just genuinely a nice guy. But I also really like how different Roche is from Lokeros and that he's got a very oh, yes. altruistic sort of character in Lokeros. And then Roche is, you know, not necessarily, you know, well, you know, not necessarily negative, but uh, he's he's a little more self-focused. Um, he's a little more of the absent-minded professor. 
He's mm-hmm. Nega Lakeros. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. There is your player fight. <laughs> <laughs> One player, two character, two characters who walks out. Cool. All right, guys. Uh, well, uh, do you guys want to hop into uh, start talking about some, at least start answering some of the questions here as we go through and we can kind of branch off and discuss things as uh, as they crop up yeah sure. sounds good cool all right then so uh let's start with uh, uh one from dismal ninja here on discord uh for players with more than one character in the show what do you do to maintain character separation between games how do you get into a character's headspace so that they are distinct even when sharing a voice good question what do you guys think yeah well, for me, it's it's kind of funny. Like, I just act like them throughout the day. Like, when it's the day before recording or the day of recording, whoever I'm playing that day, that's who I am. Like, Ooh, I that's just clever. Yeah, throughout the day. So, like, I'll talk to my daughter as the character or whatnot, and, like, try to, like, get in their head as the mentality throughout the day. So she doesn't think you're a crazy person when you do that? No, I don't, I don't think so. That's just <laughs> such a great mental image if you like trying to cast sleep on your daughter to get her to take a nap and, uh, <laughs> and you're doing parkour in the mornings when you're about to play Shadow. That's sweet, man. <laughs> okay, wow. When you put it like that, <laughs> I was trying to be really incited and like. No, seriously. That, Thanks for throwing that away. That's awesome. That's wonderful. That's great. Oh, yeah, but that's what I do. That's cool. That's cool. What about you, Adam? Uh, I mean, basically, they're kind of like just like a part of, you know, you kind of eventually like your D&D characters kind of become like a part of you. So, you know, Xavier's that, you know, persona, that my shade persona, basically. And Tagoro's the, the nice person I wish I was some days. So... Plus, that also helps playing the exact opposite, basically, of the spectrum. A really bitchy, <laughs> shady guy compared to a really nice, helpful guy. Right, right. So, Xavier is the persona we all see on the Discord channel. <laughs> that's, basically. That's accurate. <laughs> <laughs> yep, there it is. <laughs> We're not gaming tonight. <laughs> well, it's well, Goro on the community chat and on the private chat we get Xavier. that's fair that's fair (laughs) maybe as xavier would say you should not look at xavier to change and why he's this way maybe you should evaluate what's wrong with you (laughs) oh my god we don't have time to talk about all the things that are wrong with me adam (laughs) (laughs) what xavier would say or me (laughs) oh jesus okay how about you kyle (laughs) or ryan uh well what i normally do is just um I kind of see like uh, some personality traits within like some of my characters, like um, Dark, for instance. I'm very, very sh- socially awkward and shy. So what I do is just raise that up to 11 and just try to bring it to uh, um, recording. Nice. It's a great approach. Yeah, you you do a, yeah. a really good job of of playing the you know the younger brother coming into his own. Uh, yeah. Just the baby brother yeah. of the group in, in general. Just like his dynamic within the party itself is just, oh, <laughs> love it. All right. Cassie, do you want to take our next question here? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Actually, this is one 
also from Dismal Ninja, and this is uh, for both of us, Rob. Okay. Uh, for the DMs when dealing with scenes involving multiple NPCs at once, what are your strategies for making sure all of the NPCs are represented as different people when having to switch back and forth between them rapidly? I'll let you start that one off. Uh, well, for as much as I, uh, you know, joked with Kyle here about being your characters throughout the day, I, I definitely do the same thing. I talk to myself like a crazy person in the car uh, between you know, going back and forth between characters and uh, just sort of uh, imagining how they would respond in a variety of situations. Um, I try to keep a lot of notes. Um, you know, I have just bullet point breakdowns of, uh, of you know, simple sort of personality uh, traits, ideals, bonds, flaws, the typical sort of 5e uh, construction there um, for those folks and try to boil them down into those, those key elements that they can focus in on and hone in on. Um, and then, you know, come back to that, uh, when I have a scene with, with a couple of them and play there, uh, the most difficult ones for me, I have to admit are the scenes where, uh, um, uh, that we have, that we have played and, and maybe this is a little into the future here, but doesn't really give much of a spoiler, uh, where Torga and Barvek, are in the same the same scene together and uh and oh yeah just because of the yeah yeah the accent with torga and then the little bit of the drunken draw that barvik has oh yeah and and i'm horrible with accents just anyway so, <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's always a little bit of a challenge for me but uh yeah notes and then just you know chatting to myself when i'm i'm going throughout my day nice so what about you uh, I think for me, when it comes to my NPCs, I, I take a, I, I kind of fall back to some of my theater training and whatnot. Also for me, for so many years, you know, as a DM, my NPCs were my characters that I played. So I think similar to you with bullet points, I actually end up writing like each character, actually, each of a lot of the main NPCs we've met so far have their own page on my Google Drive folder of their backgrounds that I've written out, like their backstories and whatnot. Um, I just kind of have an idea in my head how they would sound, you know, with Blitz, I always want her to sound very welcoming and ready to help. Um, I think just my two favorite NPCs to voice just because of their very different personalities were the Ollie Block brothers. Uh, <laughs> they were great. I love those too. <laughs> I wanted Git to be the more sarc or I wanted uh, Len to be the very more like, kind of like sarcastic, like self-deprecating, self-loathing character. And then I wanted Git to be this really like super hyper-focused, hyper-sounding guy. Well, I mean, like, he likes mine does. So I think those scenes were a lot of fun just because of playing off of the interaction with you and then when the party meets up with them, with them as well. So I don't know. I, it, it's it's kind of like just playing characters for me <laughs> back <laughs> like it was back in my theater days. So it's one of those, like, I kind of have a personality in mind and then I just jump between those personalities <laughs> nice nice well that, that definitely takes some talent to be able to do that um but uh yeah, yeah terrific 
So what do you say we move on to uh, a question from uh, not that Chris Brown on Discord again here? <laughs> uh, we'll come back to some more Dismal Ninja question. He's got some some great ones throughout here. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, so not that Chris Brown asks, do you as players research optimized builds for your characters? Oh, that's a good one. So do you guys, do you research it or do you go with more of a story-driven character development? Yeah, I kind of do both almost, I want to say. For me, I definitely, when I want to choose a character and their race and class and everything like that, I kind of like want to do a little bit of foresight on it and see what, you know, what kind of spells they have. Am I interested in those type of spells or, you know, am I just wanting to be an attacker? So I kind of just think of both. And then when I choose, you know, all that, then the story I can kind of follow along with that. So kind of my idea on it. Okay. Balanced approach. What about you, Ryan? Uh, I don't really research too much like i'll look at like uh like some of the important things like uh what spells i learned certain levels and whatnot mm-hmm. but or like uh different branches that i can bring my character but uh for the most part i just kind of go with the flow and see if it works because i just uh when i looked up uh uh my character traits for dark mm-hmm. i was just like oh this one sounds cool I'm like, I'm so like, oh, I'm gonna stick with this. Oh, terrific. Okay. And, and I kind of looked at, uh, I kind of looked at, uh, well, my brother showed me, uh, your character sheet, of course. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's a, I like that idea, but I don't want to copy him exactly. So I kind of went in a kind of different direction. Yeah. I kind of hope. So, oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You definitely went in a very different direction. And I really like how you took a lot of similar elements and built them into your own your own thing there. That was a, I bet Dark could have gotten through that door. Hey, hey. Oh, that hurts. <laughs> that hurts but as much as we smack with that <laughs> damn hammer. Uh, cool. All right, so, so you take a more organic approach then. Yeah. Okay, very cool. Very cool. What about you, Adam? How's how's your character oh building process go? I just make them. Just make them, yeah. Like I, I mean, I don't like, I don't like look up any character builds or anything. So I, I know that like D and D Beyond has like a lot of people like sharing like, oh, this is how you make like. I think one of the ones I have heard of is like multi-classing wizards and warlocks. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't do none of that. I just. I pick a race and a class and I go with it. Yeah. I will say I do like one term when Adam creates or when he's working on his characters is he doesn't build them. He births them. They like come into being, so to speak. They're my children. (laughs) Yes. They do always seem to start with a personality (laughs) and then they spring from there. Just at least that's the sense that I've gotten from your character builds, (laughs) which is a really cool way to, th- to make them, I think. It's cool seeing him, uh, at, you know, gaming with him from all these years, how he builds his just he, he does take an unorthodox approach, I feel. 
<laughs> and they always end up breaking the game in some way, shape, or form. So that's always fun. <laughs> I think I've told you this before, Rob. If you see him start building a uh, a rogue or a sorcerer, watch out. We're all in trouble. Yeah, rogues or sorcerers, watch out. <laughs> I will keep my eye out for that and uh, <laughs> and rue the day. <laughs> oh yes, Rob. Oh yes. <laughs> Uh, I have to say that from from my perspective, in terms of character building, um, you know, I, I tend to start with the with the personality as well. I don't think I get as deep into their you know their their day to day personality as, as Adam does to start and start with sort of a background. Oh, I go down a rabbit hole. Yeah, well, that, that's for real. Yeah. But it seems to, you know, to, to compare contrast a little bit, it always seems to me like you have a really strong idea of who they are right now when you make them. And then you build off to, you know, how do they get to be this person with their background? Um, whereas I sort of take the inverse approach where I start off with a background and go, okay, if they grew up like this, what sort of person would they be today? Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and that's sort of where, where Rhodes came from. Um I do have to say that now having played three, having you know, seen Kyle play three different characters, um, it is really cool oh, yeah. to me to see uh, some of the similarities between them and then where where he's really branched off. So between um, uh, Thorin, who uh, was the rogue he played in our, our Tomb of Annihilation campaign, uh, to Manny was built after Thorin, uh, and then Shadow came most recently. Uh, and uh, Thorin being the, the dragonborn rogue. So one, I've noticed a consistent theme of, of wanting to be the stealthy one, um, <laughs> which is always really cool. But uh, but sort of the, the different dynamics in there, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Kyle, but I think, um, uh, I think that uh, Manny is the only multi-class one that you've done. Oh, yeah. Before. Yeah. And... Uh, it's funny because I remember talking to you about multiclassing and Thorin, mm-hmm. but then I changed my mind because Rogue is just way too good <laughs> to stop. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I like I like Manny's build right now. It's a slow start, yeah. But when he uh, when he wants to, he can lay out some pretty good damage yeah. and right? uh i think some foresight you guys are gonna see some cool uh cool tricks yeah he's uh shaping up to be a little stealthy dps machine here so <laughs> yeah he I don't know. definitely is yeah, that's awesome but yeah multi-classing is interesting so it's a lot of fun though cool mm-hmm <laughs> Uh, and I'll I'll round out the answering of this question. Um, for me, I think I kind of follow a similar approach to you, Rob. When I created uh, my first character in Tomb of Annihilation, Ariadne, my uh, boss-ass bitch of a fighter, I think I wanted to play my approach. I, I wanted to play something that I normally haven't played in the past. So I think I started on her background first like her backstory where she came from and what led her to where she was in the campaign Mm -hmm. and then 
I don't know. Then then I chose the fighter pl- class because I thought that would really fit her personality and her backstory. And yeah, I, I kind of as we were playing Tomb of Annihilation, I think that's when I kind of like worked on optimizing her in between games. Like I would look ahead to see, okay, if I take this level, what can I do with her later? Mm-hmm. So I kind of like worked on her as we played. And then with Serafina, when we started Farwind, I kind of used some of those tricks that I did with Ariadne with her. Okay. Yeah, it's say I, I from the from watching you create characters in, in both aspects there, you, you did always seem to have a very strong sense of their background and their story, which is great for me as a DM being able to pull that in. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, but yeah, Ariadne was definitely a boss. Uh, she was headhunting left and right. <laughs> <laughs> Goal! And also, I noticed very big personalities in both. Yeah. Yes, but yes, yeah. and I wanted to make sure they were big personalities in two completely different ways. Well, I would imagine you'd have to create characters with big personalities to uh, to play with Adam <laughs> for these for so many yes. years. So. <laughs> yeah, here's a little tidbit: the gold thing she did. That was yeah. one of my characters. She stole it. Uh, that was a homage. That was a homage to your previous characters. Is it sampling That's or is how- it It was one of my favorite personality quirks from your character that I wanted to pay tribute to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. So you were in you were there in spirit. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. I did it for you. <laughs> uh, I'll go ahead and follow up with a new uh, not that Chris Brown question. And this is a fun. OK, this is a fun one. So who do you guys think would win in a fight between the Arius party and the Farwind party? Ooh. OK. <laughs> the- <laughs> All right. Arius. Yeah. Only because of the level difference. But if we weren't doing, I don't know, are we doing level differences? No, no. Or? So let's say same level. Let's say even, mm. uh, even match. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go with Arius. Oh damn! I think only because I think. Arius has been traveling a little bit longer together mm. and also they're a little bit better I don't know. better friends <laughs> better friends yeah that, that is like a, they, they work together better so like, they, I think they'd be yeah, more in you, tune and click <laughs> yeah that's what I was really trying to say I was like yeah Serafina and Rose should be too busy like Getting, well, Rose should be distracted. Serafina would be too busy throwing shade with Xavier. Xavier wouldn't be fighting. Like, I don't know what the fuck. I don't know who these people are. <laughs> well, however, I know. Whoever, that's the thing. Manny would be like, you want to get a drink or something, dude? Like, <laughs> so, so, Ryan, go ahead. What, what were you going to say? I will say, however, is there like a number difference? Yeah, I was. Yeah, there, there is. is. Don't we, we have five on our on Farwin side and four on uh, Arius. We also uh, have Xavier on Farwind, and he's basically useless. So that's not true. Well, you know, so but the, <laughs> the counterpoint to that, and, and you do bring up an interesting point because it is 
important. Um, but the characters in Arius are of gen- are generally of more robust classes. I mean, just in terms of yeah. their, their tank ability there. Um, you know, also, we have really badass weapons. And we a really- ram. Yeah. And an awesome ram. staff. Cassie's been pretty generous <laughs> with the magical oh, items. Oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> Whereas I have not been. <laughs> I think I think I think you have been generous with, with items, but we've been too stupid to find them. Okay, there is I I, I didn't want to say those words. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say it. I'll go ahead and say it. I think we're hella dumb and we've probably missed some pretty sweet ass shit. No, no, you guys actually do really, really, really well. Um in fact you guys usually think of, of avenues that 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 I really had not considered as major options, especially early on in the campaign. Um, but uh, but I will say that sometimes, you know, you guys will will walk through the one room that has like something <laughs> awesome for you in it. Like, nope, there's nothing here. <laughs> the cup of Christ is sitting there, just like behind this vase, an obvious plain sight, and we're just like, yeah, let's look at this wall. <laughs> Guys, there's a brewery in the basement. <laughs> Let's get drunk. <laughs> okay, admittedly, there were no magic items in that building. <laughs> so. Oh, thank God. <laughs> okay, so then can I can I ask, mm-hmm. have we missed any epic items? Uh, nothing, and- <laughs> nothing necessarily epic, but you've definitely missed several magic items. Damn it. Dang it. Uh, can I ask if the tomb where we found the chest of gold... If we would have opened that that sarcophagus, would there have been some awesome shit in there? Uh, there would have been some stuff in there. The big thing is that um, the uh, so you guys remember when you when you fought those animated uh, armor uh, that animated armor, those statues at the very entrance oh, yeah, of the cage. Oh, Did they ask for yes. a password? Yeah. The password is written on the inside of that of that sarcophagus. Fuck! Uh, Guys, we're so dumb! You guys almost had it, because Xavier was like, I'm going to open this up, and everybody's like, no, no, no! (laughs) I didn't want to be the usual. Xavier was right. (laughs) You're all fucking wrong. I literally was just like smacking my hand into my forehead when you guys were like, don't do that, Xavier. That's the dumbest thing we could do right now. (laughs) Right? That's almost in your gifts. I am listening to Xavier from now on. Full disclosure, it was also dropped. Um, but <laughs> oh, I, mean, I, I totally knew that. But at this point in the game, I think Xavier kind of wishes he died just because he's just like, my God, is this going to be my life? Like, I still think people. one of my favorite Xavier lines was when you cried out, I wish I had better friends. Oh, yeah, that was so good. <laughs> Uh, that was great. <laughs> I, I will say, from a from a magic item standpoint, um, that there that there was a, a pair of magic items that really, I mean, they weren't super fantastic, but they just made me really laugh. Uh, that were hidden out in Utorin, and uh, if you guys had gone over and explored where the Cooperage was, um, the uh, the Cooper I had written as being deaf and being a huge fan of like comedy. And so there is an uh, an ear horn of hearing in there next to a music box that essentially it's a the it's a box of endless jokes. So you open it up and it just starts telling jokes and repeat and essentially allows you to cast Tasha's hideous laughter once per day. 
Fuck. Uh, oh, that's, that's cool. Awesome. Yeah, right? So, uh, but, you know, I mean, I figured the odds of you guys finding that weren't huge. Um, mm-hmm. But I put it in there because it just was going to make me giggle if you guys had a, <laughs> you guys had a box you could just open up and make people like fall over with peals of laughter um we're dumb guys what the fuck <laughs> no we did good you guys did really well did we you guys found a number of the, yeah. the uh uh we should say you guys are finding at this point in uh in the campaign uh uh some of the stuff that's been hidden inside uh Kaldrum's cage Dude, can I just say one more time? Fuck Keldrum. I hate that dude. He gives me the creeps. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, that's why I kind of like him, though. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's up. He's so unsettling. And the way like, you voice him. I like dark characters. I don't know why. No pun intended. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, don't get me wrong. Villain, villains are some of my favorites. It's just, man, this guy's a oh. Yeah, him and, Carver. Oh, him and dude, Carver. Oh, him and Carver. Carver's just a smug asshole. Yeah, Carver, man. He is the kind of villain that I love to hate. And you hated him so much. I still hate him so much. Like, oh, I know. Like personally, <laughs> as a human, he gives me a visceral reaction. <laughs> like, like not even as Rhodes, like as Rob Kerr. Like, I hate Carver nice. Blackwood. <laughs> like, then I've done my job yes, well. You have, you have. <laughs> if you personally hate him. Yeah. He, gets, he, he won just enough to, and at just the right moments to be, like, humiliating. Ah, <laughs> uh, I love uh, doing that with my villains. Uh, it was good. It was good. Mm-hmm. So... Sort of on this topic, then, um, what has been everybody's favorite moment uh, with either your character or another character in either or both campaigns? That question comes to us from our very own Cassie Derby. Oh my goodness, I cannot favorite, choose favorite moment like ever in the campaign. Or? Yeah, favorite moment so far. Oh, and it can be like. From either, either or both campaigns. So if you have a favorite moment from Farwind, a favorite moment from Arius, with your character or a group of characters, so far. Oh man, Every, I was it's hard say, to choose. Everyone's contemplating. <laughs> yeah, it's really hard to choose. There's in so many. Well, let's start with your favorite Farwind moment that we've recorded up up up. The first 10 episodes. Hmm. I really like, I really like the Keldrum stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Like getting up to that point, that, that whole, like getting up to that and then finally meeting him and then like doing that little combo and trying to like see what's around. That's all like, mm-hmm. that was cool to explore. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, that makes me happy to hear. Thank you. Right. (laughs) What about you, Ryan? (laughs) Uh, Oh, man. There's a few. Uh, (laughs) The stuff in the church was so funny to me. I don't know why. Oh, yes. Like when when I set off the uh, stink trap, it was just smelling for so long. <laughs> to, uh, to I love what he asked. What a rape whistle is. Oh my god. 
<laughs> oh my god. Oh man. I just, I just want you to know, Ryan, me, Cassie the player, just wanted to reach out and give your character a hug, <laughs> but Serafina was just like, none of that. <laughs> Sucks to be that guy. <laughs> so, it's either uh, the church or um, uh, the, uh, the quest to find the uh, what was it? The uh, amulet? Oh, yeah. The amulet uh, near like that uh, giant statue where we got like ambushed. <gasps> oh my god, I thought we were gonna yeah. TPK. Yeah. Shit. That was so funny to me just because of like the situation that I was in. <laughs> like, I was like dead center and Rob was like, roll initiatives. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the night we left Roche behind back at the temple. With Tor yeah, or I mean, back in the mausoleum yeah. with Torga, so we were down a person. Yeah. And Nurse Xavier was like on his A game playing Florence Nightingale to us. Rubbing the throat. That was a good <laughs> one. <laughs> that was my day. favorite part. Dude, that was so funny, man. Or when, that was my uh, favorite part. Yeah. Yes, for me. That was so good. <laughs> he almost died and Xavier won, so he this is my favorite part. <laughs> And when uh, Xavier's like, can I cry as a free action? Rob, you're Rob oh, yeah. like, yeah, that's a free action. Go for it. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that was great. <laughs> so my favorite Farwin moment is is from, I think, the episode right before that, where you guys had just first entered the graveyard. And uh, you guys found that shed and heard, like, the scritching from inside. And you guys got super serious and stealthy about it. <laughs> Oh yes! And then Shadow, Shadow the was like unnecessarily tumbling. Yeah, yeah, he's like leaping from grave to grave. And <laughs> he kicks in the door, and it's Naturally. just a rat, like just sitting there. <laughs> oh god! Oh, you know man. what? I have to tell you this seat, the movie scene that played in my head, uh, Kyle, while you were describing yourself like doing those acrobatics was. Tim Allen from Galaxy Quest. Oh my god, yeah. That's oh. what I was picturing. It's just like, does <laughs> the tumbling help? That helps. <laughs> That's what I was seeing in my head, and it was just hilarious. Oh, that makes it And also the, uh, the uh, hand tree that uh, oh. Adam was freaked out about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, he's like, oh, they're birds? Oh, screw that. Mm. And, the, and they're like, no, it's hands. And he's like, oh, no, screw that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Adam, what's your favorite far wind up part so far? Oh, like I said, one of them was when everyone started dropping like flies. And I was just like, yes. <laughs> this is my <laughs> moment. Right. This is. <laughs> I, oh, man. I, I did love when you guys were all trying to question Torga while she was bleeding to death. Xavier was like, what are you all doing? She's gonna die. <laughs> Guys, we're dicks. <laughs> I think it just has to be anytime Xavier. Just not just Say that but, again, Adam. I, I not I, I what I mean is like anything that Xavier said, not because he's my character, but just because I think he's the exact opposite of what a lot of D D campaigns expect of a character. Yeah. Because when you think yeah. of D D, you think of like, oh, they're gonna be heroes and all that stuff. And Xavier's not that. Xavier's very much just like real talk. Yeah. So I think I just <laughs> like anything he's just like when he especially when it turns out to be like 
the right thing or the <laughs> most logical. Like, you really should have listened to him. And I just well, like, oops, the fuck out. Like, and he, like, he, he imagines, like, I always imagine Xavier sometimes as the person from like real life who got transported to like D&D land and he's just like no and everyone's like you know the optimistic like twinkly eyed night hero like let's go to feed the dragon he's like no are you what no no <laughs> I like that uh, yeah. that's great uh, he, he, also the other the other favorite part had to be when Xavier and Dark were having to talk about Midnight name, and then he's like, "Oh, our oh sister." My gosh. <laughs> that was my yeah, favorite. That's that right. was oh, great. That was so funny. <laughs> that oh was my good. goodness, <laughs> that was that was some good shit. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, I might have to introduce Midnight um, as an NPC later. <laughs> just for the fuck oh, of it. <laughs> mm. Nice. Are you my relative? Long lost cousin and sister? <laughs> you guys had another family member this whole time. Whoops. <laughs> and, she's, uh, and she's operating with Kildrum. Oh my God. Oh no. Don't Fuck that ideas. guy. Don't give, <laughs> Don't give or, him ideas. Or she was raised by the slavers and now she's like a bounty hunter, like for the slavers, hunting down her people, like people Stop because they brainwashed her. What the hell, dude? I love you guys. So, like, now. Yeah, so now she hunts down like people because she was brainwashed. Because now they are just like, "Oh, we're your family," and she's like, "Yeah, you say this me. down. Write this down. This is going." Rob, Rob just has a pen and a pe- uh, paper pen. God damn it! <laughs> so shit. So then, guys, what's been your your favorite uh, event or, or or part of the Aries campaign? Oh man, again, so many. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, jeez. I like how just they are just all so friendly. It is like a, just the opposite of Farwin party. <laughs> <laughs> they really are. They really are. Uh, I have to say that my favorite part was the fact that we got into a bar fight and killed somebody our very first night yes. in, in Fitzpark. And and didn't get thrown out. And the response was, no, nah, it's cool. No. Nah. No big deal. It's just like, wait, we just murdered somebody in your bar and you don't know us. <laughs> I like how I, I like how Fiora day. Yeah, Fiora was more concerned about that than Blitz was, and Blitz owned the bar. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that was a great first night. <laughs> Uh, just, Anybody else have a favorite part? I I do have to say just real quick as a you know the uh, the audience may not know that I that I don't think either any of, any of us actually when we separated the party that those of us who weren't in a particular scene didn't listen didn't know about what was going on in the other uh, you know the 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 other episode uh, throughout. Mm-hmm. So for mm-hmm. me, it was really cool to find out finally find out what you guys had been doing. Well, I had been stuck in that damn cage. Uh. <laughs> that that was I, I will say I agree with you on that. It it was cool because we knew you were gonna be you, Rob, were gonna be traveling. So as a DM, I'm used to putting players on autopilot when need be if somebody can't be there, but I thought this would have made for a really cool way. 
of of having your character not be with the group while everyone goes and fucks around instead of just saying, oh, Rhodes is just going along with whatever plan you guys want. And it worked really well with your character's personality, too. So that was a lot of fun to kind of like write into the story. Yeah, that was a really cool idea, and I hadn't expected to do that, but I really, really liked it when you rec- when you suggested it. Yeah. Cool. Anyway, so um, so what about everybody else? Yeah. What are? Yeah, I really like that too. Actually, like that dynamic, like not knowing what you got, you did either, because we we didn't know. I was gonna say I didn't so. tell Adam anything. Because I think the nights you and I recorded, Adam would be at work, so he couldn't listen in on anything. So that was also a plus. Yeah, yeah. I just remember like listening to your part and being like, "This is awesome!" <laughs> like, <laughs> so. But yeah, the Battle Ram Woods was awesome. Getting Ram a thorn. <laughs> Oh God! Was I was not expecting that, that shit. Nat the way 20. It, oh my God! Yeah, Adam at Nat Twenty. That Nat, like that Nat Twenty animal handling. <laughs> like, oh man! Yeah, and I know that doesn't necessarily make for critical success, but the DC I had. Not that it was going to be an impossible DC to hit, but I wanted it to be a challenge because. You guys were going up against like a creature that wasn't intended to be tamed by y'all. It was supposed to be an encounter where someone's chest was going to get crushed in. Like, I warned you guys as I was going to say, I warned you guys as an NPC going in there with just the three of you unprepared was dangerous. You heard it. You heard it here first, first, folks. Uh, this is Cassie Derby admitting that she was trying to murder us. So. I'm always trying to murder people. <laughs> That's why they call me the Lady Crit. <laughs> I think that's my title now. Oh, shut you, up. <laughs> didn't I get the Crit? Lord Crit. You did. Lord and Lady Crit. Or do crit. you want, I was going to say, do you want the Lady Crit title or do you want to go with Lord? It. I'll take it. I'll take all the royalties. <laughs> so, Adam, what was your favorite area to episode 10? Uh, up to episode what? Episode 10, the finale. The finale. Of Act okay. 1. Okay, so that'd probably just be the Battle of Ram Woods and then the, you know, this the roads. Roads. Oh, God. <laughs> I love that you kept that out, too. That's great. <laughs> he did. Every night we reported, it was, he always made sure to throw that fucking in. Also, anytime we, like, talk about money and Manny has, like, a freak out, that's, that's the best. <laughs> that's probably my favorite. Yes. <laughs> I, I never realized he was such a penny pincher. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> I always imagine him just pulling out like a one of those accountant visors at the end of the day and like going over the finances and the books. <laughs> I'm not that bad. <laughs> Are you sure? He's just sitting on his computer like somebody's been spending gold. Tokoro? <laughs> Especially when Lacaros goes around and Lacaros goes and drops bags of money at all the NPC tables. Because he's a good person. <laughs> <laughs> 
have to say, I think one of my other favorite moments in uh, Arius, just, okay, I'll, I'll, let me update that. My two favorite Arius moments. Uh, when Tagoro tries Mind Dust and how that played out through the rest of the episodes, that was great. <laughs> and then... And then probably one of my favorite, oh, damn it. Okay, I'm going to have to update this again. My favorite two character moments, the Rhodes and Naomi scene on the ship, and then the Tagoro and Blitz scene in the workshop in the finale episode. Those were just like perfect little windows into your guys' characters, and I absolutely love those. That was cool being able to sort of have yeah. those, those on-screen private moments there because that's not a, a side of road that I get to show off very often uh, so mm-hmm. that was a lot of fun yeah yeah we don't see that side enough <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping to bring it back in <laughs> uh, I hope you're here so <laughs> how was the uh, blitz and Tagoro moment for you Adam I'm just curious oh I mean it was- this was normal. I was just playing my character and I feel like that's how that progressed. Like all this talk about Manny's mom made him think about his stuff. So Well, the only reason why I ask is because I think out of the four of you, the most littlest known about backgrounds from previously were you and Lakeros. And I know we still really haven't touched in on Lakeros's backstory, so I don't even know his backstory. <laughs> Well, none of you know his backstory, yeah, really. It's been a secret. It's been it has been. <laughs> it has. But yeah. it was, I have no it was, idea. It, again, another cool DM moment for me was when you, as your character, was just like, I want to talk to Blitz. Like, I didn't know what was coming or what to expect. I thought it was just going to be like, I don't know, just a classic Tagoro moment we've seen. And then, like, I think you kind of even hear it in my voice a little or little bit where I'm like oh like part of that was actually me just like oh (laughs) but that was that was a really good like little peek into the window of Tagoro's backstory that you know no one really saw up until then we all know he's like the team player and and lovable guy but seeing that vulnerability was really cool well, the thing with Tagoro is he's basically a child. Like, I mean, you think about it. He's he was raised by direwolves and whatnot, so he's basically just the mind of a child. Like, mm-hmm. his his cope capability of dealing with you know stuff and you know expressing himself it's very much childlike. He never really ha- mm-hmm. was taught how to express himself or mm-hmm. how to handle things. So when he does something, it's very reminiscent of a child. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah, well, you may, I managed to make that endearing uh, when you play Tagoro. Oh yes. So, uh, have we have we touched on everybody? I think we've touched on everybody's. I think so. Answer. So, so in that case, as long as we're sort of on on the topic of Arius, I wanted to bring up a, a question that we got in the uh, the episode breakdown channel, um, mm-hmm. where uh, someone asks. Uh, how was it running a game with just one player? Uh, oh, yes. We talk about some of the solo stuff that we've done. Uh, so how was how was DM, DMing for just a single player, Cassie? Um, 
I've actually in a few times in like my old campaign that I ran for years and years, there were a few opportunities where I did actually do that. Just kind of a warm up before the big game night is I would take one player aside and be like, hey, let's do like a little mini session with just you and me just to kind of like set up for the next game night. So I was feeling I've done it before and I was really excited to do it again on the in in the show in the podcast and I really liked doing it with Rhodes's character like it it was a lot of fun because I didn't know what direction you were gonna go and then I was gonna have to try to see work it in with the rest of the party and how your decisions would affect the rest of the group back at the tavern and and all that so it I really enjoyed it what what did you think I had a really good time that was my first time ever being part of a solo game uh, in there. Uh, and and it was it was very different. I have to say that um, the initial sort of thing that I had to overcome in there was not having the ability to sort of sit back at some point and, and see what everybody else wants to do or what everybody else's thoughts are on a situation, um, but having to, to really uh, dig into it and solve it myself, um, that was... That was a lot of fun. It, it took a minute, mm-hmm. especially like with the initial scene where we're sort of waking up in the morning and it's me sitting with Blitz, sort of figuring out what the hell I'm going to do. Um, but uh, it was also kind of cool to be able to um, <clears throat> uh, address how Rhodes is away from his friends. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, in terms of uh, he's in, in many ways, a very compartmentalized sort of person. Um, and that, uh, you know, in certain situations he has, um, he takes on a, a very specific demeanor and he's one way with his friends. Uh, and he's tends to be, I think he's definitely, you know, assertive, but he, he tends to be more willing to hear the needs of the group and, uh, um, uh, and, 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 sort of compromise um so it was Mm -hmm. fun being able to play him around people that he you know wasn't you know wasn't really interested in what they want he was more interested in what he wanted um and uh (laughs) getting to be a little more uh (laughs) selfish and uh a little more um uh demanding i sort of when i was playing that i kept imagining him is like sort of a combo of uh, of Doctor Who and Deadpool. Uh, oh, nice, sort of nice. That, you know, I'm the star <laughs> of the show, and they're like, "No, this is real life. It doesn't matter. I'm still the star." Throw <laughs> you know? uh, me into the bottom of the ocean. I don't care if you're on drugs. Just take me down there. <laughs> that was I did. I did like the mind dust element when you rolled that out. I was like, "Holy shit!" She just introduced fantasy cocaine. What? <laughs> uh, I have to admit that is a little nod to my my players from my again my old campaign that was something that was always like joked about in in the old campaign that i used to run years ago that they always were just like so is it legal to do uh mind dust here what not (laughs) so i had to just throw that that fun little nod and plus it made for a fun personality quirk for git yeah yeah that was that really made git's character i thought you did 
<laughs> did a really good job with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. I'll pull another one from the breakdown channel. Okay. Uh, oh, oh, this was one I really was looking forward to. I wonder what would happen if the two parties were in each other's situation. Who from Farwind would have found themselves in Rhodes' current predicament? Who would the Arius guys be kinder to the villagers in need? I think that's a really creative question that we got. Yeah, that's a good one. What do you guys think? I think Arius would have killed it over in Farwind. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> How would the uh, Farwind guys have handled themselves in Fitzpark, though? I think everything would be on fire, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, probably, actually. They would have killed the oh, whole man. party during the bar fight as opposed to just one. <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's true. I don't think they would have made friends with Blitz that well. Like, you know, the opening, I think, it, is it the opening of Conan? Barbarian? Like, but where they start, like, going up and, like, you know, there's this guy on a throne and there's skulls everywhere and, like, women around him. That's yeah. how Xavier would have ended up in, you know. <laughs> Like the first twenty minutes, Xavier of being in the That's beautiful. <laughs> I mean, James yes. Earl Jones was a boss on that. So I don't, I, he was. Spoilers: he, was, he turned into a snake. He was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the original Yon T. Uh, oh God. <laughs> yeah, funny. I think uh, if Arius was in Farwin's situation, yeah, I think I think we'd be all right in there. <laughs> I would love to Take see the air action. I would love to see the air actions between Kildrum and the party of Arius. Oh my god. That would be amazing. <laughs> I think, you know what? I think the Farwin party probably would have sided and made friends with Carver. <laughs> they would have been like, yeah, we'll join your crew. Maybe yeah. the maybe the, the Dark Brothers wouldn't have gone with the plan, but I could see like Xavier, Serafina, and Roche being like, yeah, seems legit. I would actually kind of be curious to see what, how the Dark Brothers would react to Carver. That's true, yeah. Specifically Carver. <laughs> Carver's <laughs> such a fuck. <laughs> yeah, Shadow would just kill him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be fun. Yeah, I, I think the, yeah. the Arius team would have definitely been kinder to the villagers. Like a lot kinder like I, I mean even just down to imagining and and rich will have to correct me if i'm wrong on this, but imagining how roche interacted with the villagers in the temple uh to how lakeros would have interacted with the villagers in the temple oh my god like, he would have been given a money yeah, it would have been night and day it would have been you know it would have been like how can we help what can we do yeah we're gonna go out and we're gonna you know we're gonna battle you out of this village and get you back and then it doesn't matter how long it takes. Whereas Roche was just more of like, this is really inconvenient. <laughs> like, right? Now, what, what me and Kyle have talked about, or what I talked about with Kyle is, it would be really interesting just to see what how the groups, like the Faroing group and the Arius group would communicate to each other. Oh, like, like a, a, the two like parties Rose met and the other? two Dark Brothers, uh, oh, Takaro yeah. and Xavier, Serafina and... Um, and uh, the Naomi, maybe. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have to say that I really, in the future, want to do, even if it's just like a dream sequence that has no bearing on the rest of the storyline, do a crossover hey, episode. I, <laughs> I got an idea. I got an idea actually for that. Okay. Yeah. 
Dark, uh, Dark is filling with uh, detecting portals and stuff. There you go. Oh, there we go. There we we go. got it. There we go. Nice. I feel just, like Serafina would probably eat Naomi alive. Just like be completely mean. Just crush her little innocent, naive spirit. Oh yeah. I think, I think Xavier would kill Tagoro. Uh, like, I don't know. What from, do you think, Adam? <laughs> I think like, he'd actually just master blaster it, just kind of like lobotomize <laughs> him and then ride his back, just like, you know, master blaster style. Because Takuro is so nice that Xavier's Takuro, uh, Xavier. I mean, he would just manipulate <laughs> Xavier or Tagoro to the point of getting his way. So, like, that's why I imagine he's just like, all right, well, we're just going to do this thing to make you feel better. And he's just getting an ice pick lobotomy. He's like, all right, just hold still, buddy. <laughs> or Jesus. even. Or even Manny and uh, Xavier would be a good combo. Yeah, so, oh so my we gosh. can address that question right now then. Who is the, better, the better bard? bard? <laughs> Manny or Xavier? Uh... Now, are we talking to straight bard or character that play bard? Because you have Manny who's multi-class multi, you know, as a bard sorcerer. So automatically he's a win right there. But if you just look at bards, then I think that should be it. Because... What? I think I mean, we expand the question. Just like, <laughs> how would those two interact with each other? Like, how would that even go down? I that'd be kind of. Should we role play it right now? Yeah, let's, let's see. Do it. So you two, <laughs> you meet in a bar and go. What? <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> what do you think? You're a bard or something? All fancy over there. <laughs> Oh, you're already picking up fighting? <laughs> <laughs> say, hey, what's up? How'd you get here? Just right away fighting. Uh, it's not a fight, <laughs> it's just a question. <laughs> you want to drink? I don't know. <laughs> I, I always want to drink, yes. What's your deal, bud? What's going and on? Probably that bit about it. We just have a drink. <laughs> talk about life. Manny oh would be super God. awkward. They just became best friends. <laughs> Holy shit. Nobody saw that coming. <laughs> I got this staff. God got damn staff it. From this dumb bitch. Yeah, you can take a look at it, but you can't keep it. And I run. I run with that bitch. <laughs> Old person. I got detect magic, my Old eyes person. burn, and I run. <laughs> Scorching ray, quick action, all that. But Xavier quick has action. one thing. Xavier has one thing Manny doesn't. Conscience. Long legs. Oh. That is true. Uh-huh. That is true. <laughs> I like that. I, I like the idea of the two of them just becoming pals. Uh, but yeah, Shadow yeah. and Manny would be best friends too. <laughs> <laughs> Rhodes would be jealous. <laughs> why do you need another tabaxi? You already got a tabaxi right here. I don't know why. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Rhodes and uh, Dark would just be in a corner, just like socially awkward. Like, I'm a yeah. group. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> both sitting there awkwardly. Just I like that. <laughs> they both just turned. Want to go outside and I don't know, hunt some game or something? Yeah. Okay, let's go. Would you like to get away from the crowd and not talk. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Oh my god! Yes. <laughs> now there's Somebody the best friend it. story. <laughs> Somebody gets it. So in this, you know, not to be that guy, but which one's beauty and which one's the beast? Because I mean. <laughs> 
Roads is the beast. Oh. Yes. Dark is the beauty. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Okay. Beauty and the beast. (laughs) Oh my god. All right. They're like walking into the forest and just sunset. (laughs) And fan art. (laughs) Yes. All right. So I think it's time for a new question then. Uh, So, Cass, do you have one here for us? Do you want to jump? Let's see. I'm going to jump to another Dismal Ninja question. Yes. So many. I know. Dismal Ninja crushed it with the questions. Incredibly thoughtful. They're really good questions, too. Uh, it has been touched on before, but what media inspires you guys? What have you drawn on heavily from when recording these last few episodes? Books, movies, TV, audio dramas, etc. Oh, that's a really good question. Um, what What about you guys? What have you drawn on? In tr- uh, I mean, I know. Like Xavier was basically made after I watched the Queer Eye show on Netflix. So, oh, I thought it was Mean <laughs> Girls. Well, it was a mixture of that. It was it was kind of like the what if the Queer Eyes weren't like that nice and wonderful and the most perfect people in the world, and they were more like the <laughs> you know the plastics. Uh, yeah. Okay. They could plastics. never be like the plastics. They're too precious. I know, but this is like an alternate, like, <laughs> this is a horrible, horrible reality where they're not the nice people and wonderful <laughs> people they are. Nice. 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 <laughs> like it. Kyle Ryan? Uh, me personally, uh, I just go whatever mood I'm in, realistically. I don't really go off of that much. Okay. Some things might be inspired from like other like channels, maybe like I don't know, Critical Role yeah. or something like that. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, I have a little theory about uh, Manny though. I don't know if this was intentional though, but every time I listen to him on Arius, he always reminds me of um, Meliodas from uh, Seven Deadly Sins. Thank you. Oh, Thank nice. You. <laughs> from from the effing tattoo on his uh, uh on his body. Yeah. To like his stature and his uh, blonde hair. Yes, absolutely. I didn't even think of that, and that's one of the animes Adams like watched off and on. I yeah, nice. yeah. Every time I listen to him, I'm like, oh, it's Meliodas. Nice. I'm glad somebody else got that. Yes, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so was that intentional, that's... Kyle? Oh no, I honestly uh, didn't even think of that really I don't know what inspired me for Manny honestly it was was kind of a thought I had and I don't know I just thought like the blonde hair green eyes was like a nice little touch yeah and uh yeah but no I didn't really have that in mind but yeah he he does kind of look a little bit sure so so what did inspire your characters shadowing any yeah mm-hmm. uh just kind of based off my own personalities and i really wanted to play a bard and uh and then later on the road i was like yeah i really want a multi-class because i really haven't done that and i want to try something new so multi-class into shadow sorcerer and that's been a lot of fun so i'm kind of super fun with manny and then shadow 
I'd always liked monk classes, and I thought Tabaxi monk that'd be a super build almost like I could see that in a fantasy world. So I just hmm. made that and gave him kind of a darker personality, mm-hmm. whereas Manny's more of like a bubbly personality, kind of more outgoing, more mm-hmm. able to do things. Where Shadow's like focused on training and wanted to be stronger and just like so many push-ups so many push-ups <laughs> all the push-ups yeah parkour, parkour. <laughs> how about you rob what about Rhodes? was he inspired by any media stuff uh, uh yeah so i mean the the Rhodes character originally was actually inspired by um a friend of mine's cat like legitimately um like right down to the color <laughs> where nice. he's just such a lovable asshole. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but as the character sort of developed, you know, I, I did want to work in um, elements of, of Doctor Who and Deadpool, uh, a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, Han and Chewie dynamic with uh, with Manny. And yes, I recognize that Rhodes is Chewie in that relationship. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, just a... With his background, just sort of, you know, pulling that, you know, uh, that that sense of, you know, we're going to go out and have an adventure, you know, damn the the consequences. Um, you know, he's a he's a he's a monster slayer as his uh, his subclass there, um, and so having a little bit of that, um, you know, my whole purpose in life is to go destroy the big baddie. Um, you know, with flair and then some of that's just, you know, that inability to back down some of that, um, that need to have the last word, um, that, hmm. that comes a lot from the, from the doctor who Deadpool combo there. Nice. Um, from the far wind for the, the creation of far wind though, um, that drew a lot in from American history. Um, you know, there's, you know, it, it's set in the far, it's set in the, the forgotten realms, um, sort of universe, um, and I'm sure many of our listeners will will know that there's there's been discussions about um, you know that essentially uh, Faerun is is event- you know is in some ways based off of you know European culture uh, and a lot of and a lot of facets there at least in its in its earliest foundations, and then with the release of uh, of, of Chult. Um, reading through that, you know, especially when it or Tomb of Annihilation really struck me as very um, Africa, South America, dark continent, jungle exploration sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so that kind of got me thinking about, well, what about, you know, the, the early days of, of colonizing uh, North America um, and some of the things that went on with that? I've always been a big history buff. And so, uh, you know, right down to... And that, that sparked a lot of stuff right down to uh, the landing of, of Windrunner Landing, um, you know, based a little bit off of the whole, uh, you know, Mayflower, Plymouth Landing sort of uh, history there. Um, the, uh, uh, you know, the, 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 the sort of manifest destiny Western expansion that's going on in there, um, trying to live and work with the indigenous tribes in uh, this this colonization and, and that led to bringing in uh, you know the barvex of the campaign 
uh, and that sort of thing. And you guys are going to see a little more as you expand out um, some of the clash between, uh, you know, the 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 would-be settlers and the you know the 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 people who were inhabiting this area before. Um, and uh, and so that's where a lot of a lot of that came from. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. So what about you, Cassie? Well, Serafina. Oh man, see, Serafina, I love playing pastors and RPGs and, and MMOs that I like to play. So I wanted to create a, a spellcaster and I wanted to go with Warlock. And I think at the time I was working on Serafina, I think I was going through my World of Warcraft phase again where I had to jump on and play. <laughs> So I'm a huge uh, Sylvanas fan. I like that kind of like angsty, dark lady persona. So I think at the time when I was working on uh, Serafina, I kind of want to take some of those elements because she's just like, dude, Sylvanas is the best fan. I love her. I know she's been getting some shade with the latest expansion, but... I still like her. So I think when I was developing, and I was just like, cool, let me, let me see if I can work some of this in. Um, when it came to developing Arius, I am like you, Rob. I'm a huge history buff. I have a whole like row of books on my bookshelf. That's just some of my favorite history topics. So when I developed Arius, I wanted to create a completely hundred percent original world setting. Uh, in my previous campaign pains, I did do a homebrew world, but it was based off of a book series that I was a huge fan of. And Arius was my attempt at a completely like original story and in, in world. Like it wasn't based off a book series or anything or some alternative world or whatnot. I wanted it to have its own history, lore, creation, pantheon, and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of the different kingdoms and races in in the world of Arius, and I know we've only seen like a small portion of it right now with the current stuff, but um, you know, it's a lot of the kingdoms that you'll come across are based off of some of my favorite historical topics and myths and lore and everything. Uh, I love Steve. I love Victorian era, and I do like the steampunk stuff. So, dropping you guys in Fitz Park, I, I had to do. I, I absolutely <laughs> love that that type of alternate history setting. Um, yeah, I, I'm a huge Tolkien fan, George R. R. Martin, and I love like the straight up high fantasy stuff. And I like to incorporate other sometimes. Uh, alternate elements to that you know so there is a little bit of technology in in my campaign so yeah makes for a good uh foil between the two there um Mm -hmm. very cool so in terms of of you know sort of jumping back here and and taking a sort of a a view of uh of of farwin and arius um in terms of character development, uh, Dismal Ninja asks, I know that the Arius group has some off-mic time prior to the start of the show, but Farwind, as far as I understand it, 
I spent all of their time and character while on mic. So, players, now that you've had some time to work on these characters, are your characters who you thought they would be when you first planned them out? So, uh, hmm. so guys, what do you think? And I would even expand that to how has it been different uh, building a character completely recorded as opposed to uh, getting some off mic time uh, when uh, uh, when we first started the Arias campaign? Hmm. Yeah, with Shadow, it's kind of like a learn as you go. Like whatever he's experiencing as he's kind of traveling is how he's going to react. And he's still so new to adventuring and mm-hmm. like personalities. He doesn't really know how to act himself. So he's just like, and that's why it works out, you know? So, so. so has that made it easier for you to sort of experiment with him on, on mic because he is still experimenting yeah. with himself? Yeah. Okay. Hmm. With Manny, I would say it's a, he's definitely changed from the beginning. He's getting a little bit more confident. And I think that's helped on and off mic because just like the things that he went through with the White Tower and now leading up to this stuff. So, yeah, I will say you guys have all, the Arius crew has even changed from the first episode to now in compared to when we did the prequel. Like, even then, there's been a huge change in the personalities. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, Adam, what about you? How has sort of feeling Xavier out on the air been for you as an experience? Um, It's been a process. It's been a process. (laughs) Uh, I was hoping he would have been a little more fabulous. And not as bitchy, but circumstances made him bitchy. (laughs) (laughs) Like he was just originally going to be like a snarky type dude and just some shade, but now he's just turned into a full blown bitch and it's been different. Okay. Like I feel like he's negative more because, you know, he's the voice of reason but I feel like I wasn't intending him to be that way. So, I mean, like, I mean, nothing bad or anything. That's not bad or anything. It's just, it's different than how I intended him to be. You know, how you kind of like have an envision for a character and then it's like, uh, it's not how I expected him to become. Yeah. So he was a little bit of a curveball for you. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Do you think you've had a better handle on Tagoro since you had some off mic time to, <laughs> to really feel him out? I don't know if I've had a better hand. I think just with party dynamic wise, being bitchy compared and then compared to being like that fun little guy, mm-hmm. he just he's worked out a lot better because I mean, I'll be honest, he doesn't love Tagoro. Like, you know <laughs> he's the best. We all love Tagoro. So that's okay. <laughs> so, uh I think mm-hmm. I think Serafina like I said, I had like a dark backstory for her and I'm kind of like Adam like I think I have played a little bit different than she is now I think the circumstances that she's been through since coming to New Turin I think have kind of started to I don't know change some of her outlooks on things Mm -hmm. how so 
I think for me and for Serafina, I think a lot of it came. I think that was the first time she really sensed, oh shit, like I can't just keep being confident and acting like we got this and keep being shady. I think this, I think Caldrum really kind of like was more of a reality check than everything else that has gone on here in this, in, in this village. So I think that kind of like shook her foundation a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't, I wasn't expecting that. And I wasn't expecting her decisions here within the, the area we're in with Caldrum. It's, it's interesting that you bring that up because I think that in uh, episode 11, which will be when airing a couple days after this airs, mm-hmm. um, I think we're going to see that some of that firsthand there. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, terrific. So Ryan being as, is relatively new to D and D. How has it been for you feeling out a character live and on air? Oh, it's been a blast. Like, um, I consider Dark, like, out of all the characters I've had, Dark would probably be the most, probably the closest to me. Like, I would imagine me being like him in this situation. That's cool. That's awesome yeah. to be able to play somebody who reflects yourself so well. And it's like, uh, the first few episodes, like, uh, my uh, Kyle's favorite thing to yell at me, uh, well, not yell at me, but to talk to me about when we're in like a fighting situation, it's just move <laughs> because literally I just stick myself there and just take it. <laughs> kind of like a, what happened, kind of like what happened at the uh, statue. Yeah, yeah. But um, as I'm learning this, I'm like, oh, I can do things more strategically. So I'm kind of learning as I go. That's terrific. But nice. uh, and I think. Uh, as far as uh, as far as uh, Izzy as what I want him to be, mm-hmm. yeah, I I think uh, I think uh, Dark is pretty close to what I've been going for so far. Okay, cool. Well, that's terrific. I, uh, I it's been really cool to watch Dark grow and to watch you grow as a player too. Uh, moving mm. forward, here. excellent. Hmm. Um. I'll go ahead and ask the next one if we're good. Mm-hmm. So this is another one from the episode breakdown channel. Mm-hmm. It looks like. Yeah. So is it correct to assume that the dramatic vignettes are supposed to be concurrent with the party's actions? I've su- I've suspected this for a while now, but with what we have seen in the past few episodes, makes me suspect that even more. And this is in regards to the far wind stuff. Yes. So to answer that, uh, yes, they are loose current. Um, the, the idea behind the vignettes uh, is, uh, was, was one as an opportunity to sort of, um, do some, some foreshadowing for the audience. Um, many of you may know that we, we, uh, record these pretty far in advance. Um, and so, you know, it, it doesn't usually reveal uh, much that the party, you know, that the, the players don't, you know, don't know yet. Um, usually they've discovered anything that's come out uh, in, uh, in those vignettes. But also, I really wanted to remind both players and the audience that 
Farwind is a big place, and our adventurers are really just a small part of what's happening in the grand scheme of things, that other people are out uh, making actions of their own, uh, not just sitting around waiting to be saved. Um, you know, and, and plus, it's been fun to be able to, uh, to sort of put a spotlight on the places in New Turin that uh, the party didn't choose to go check out. Um, mm-hmm. you know, for example, uh, nobody went to Feldenstar Traders. They talked about it. They never went. Uh, and nothing wrong with that. But, uh, but you know, the, the vignette allowed me to, uh, to highlight uh, Alice and uh, Sicily uh, hold up in there. Uh, whereas we wouldn't have gotten to see that, uh, that element uh, yeah. yeah, that that vignette really caught me off guard because I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> where were they? <laughs> yeah, and- yeah, I really like listening to them because you're like, oh, what's going on here, or you know, what's going on somewhere I think, else. <laughs> I think the one vignette that I heard, I think it was the one where we meet in the vignette, the audience meets Ula for the first time as she's tending to her father, mm-hmm. and I think. Okay, so we had already recorded the episode where we all, as a party, met her. And then I was super shitty and shady to her mm-hmm. about the the undergarments. Then that vignette came out. And after I heard it, I'm like, wow, I was such a dick. And you told me, you're like, yeah, but Serafina didn't know that. I'm like, I know, but I feel like a dick now. <laughs> <laughs> and that was really cool. That was really cool. Like seeing, wow. Okay. So when we show up, I totally shit all over her concern and, and whatnot. No wonder she didn't like me. <laughs> She's been worried about her dad this whole time. And I'm just an asshole. It, admittedly, that has been something that I've been able to do with these because I write the vignettes, you know, well after we've played past there. So I don't, I don't, mm-hmm. ha- I don't have them written in advance and just waiting. Um, and so... You know, so I mean, I, I've I have all that sort of stuff skeletoned and draft out in my notes, but um, but so it's it has been kind of cool to be able to uh, to to do that with the audience to sort of peel back some of the curtain there to see what's been going on with these NPCs, especially ones who you know who who keep cropping up, um, and uh, when you guys aren't interacting with them. So, so the audience sort of gets mm-hmm. a picture of where they're coming from when they're interacting with the party. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, to that end, um, as long as we've sort of uh, talked about a little bit of, of what I've been doing with the vignettes, um, in terms of the, the 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 process of building and some of the extra stuff that gets added into the pot that it doesn't necessarily appear while we're actively playing, I do want to ask uh, Cassie. We have a uh, another question from Dismal Ninja, uh, where he says, mm-hmm. uh, "What is the soundtracking process for the show? I know you make the tracks of the show. What is the creative pre- what is the creative process behind that?" So this is interesting because I was just showing a song to Adam earlier today, and he kind of asked me the same question. Um, I again, like in my past experience as a DM, I always love having background music because I think it helps set the the tone for whatever's going on. So some of these songs I had already started working on way back when we were doing like Tomb of Annihilation and the White Tower stuff. Mm -hmm. And then along the way, as we started working on the main campaigns of the show, 
I went back and started reworking some of those original songs and then creating new. A lot of what I do is just depending on actually a lot of the songs I work on right after a recording session, typically, or when I'm in the middle of editing an episode, it kind of helps like, all right, for this scene, I want it to sound like this. Um, I want that. For the, I will say, for the Naomi and Rose scene, I knew I wanted something that, I know this is going to sound super cheesy, but romantically tragic, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know, because that was such a vulnerable scene. And so when I was mixing the music and creating that, I really wanted to like have a sad violin sound and then like this piano constantly going because I just, I wanted to capture kind of like that vulnerable optimism that Rhodes had and then just like the shy opening up of Naomi's character. So I want the music to also tell a story along with what is being said by the players and NPCs. That's kind of the process in, in the back of my head. The Tagoro and Blitz scene again, that was another vulnerable moment that just kind of came out of the blues. So when that song starts up again, like it's a song you're not expecting because it's a moment you're not expecting. And again, like that was a really tragic, sad, you know, like mm-hmm. not sad in a negative sense, but sad, like, oh, this guy. Right, right, right. Well, you do a very good job of 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 really helping to tell that story through music in the background. That is something that you do very well. Uh, well, thank you. <laughs> I can't read a lick of music, but I I do like to kind of like have a picture in my head how it all sounds together. So, yeah. <laughs> thank you. Let's see. I'll go ahead and pull up one. This is one submitted by our very own Rob. So who has been everyone's favorite NPC so far? And what is it about that NPC that made them special for you? Do your personal feelings about the influence? about the NPC influence how your character interacts with them? It's a super cool question. Why, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I feel in Arya's I personally like Fiora. She's badass. She's badass. She can throw down. And uh, in Farwind, I like Barbic. He's like, he's awesome. The drunken <laughs> druid. I do like Barbic. Like, like, <laughs> I like perfect. Torga. I like Torga. She's feisty. They were both a lot of fun to write. Uh, <laughs> Torga and Barbic. Uh, I have to say that it, I, Carver is probably my favorite <laughs> NPC because I nice. hate him. I hate the him The one so that much. you want to kill the most you love? What? <laughs> I mean, I, it's, he just, from a, from a, from a, a creation standpoint, I, I have such a, an emotional response to, to Carver in a way that I don't, like, I enjoy the other NPCs thoroughly. And you know, Na- mm-hmm. Naomi's fun and Blitz is cool and Cat, you know, I wished I'd my I wish Rode had spent more time interacting with her, but uh um uh, I uh but but Carver just like just anytime he get, even gets brought up, like 
like personally, <laughs> like I ratched up just a little bit and I'm like, I've got to kill that guy. <laughs> so he, he is just such a, a well-crafted NPC from Rhodes' perspective, from my perspective. Well, thank you. So. I think I developed his personality first and then I went through D&D Beyond to find a class that I thought would match his personality. Mm-hmm. So, and then I built his character sheet because I, I do actually build character sheets for my NPCs. <laughs> So right. his was particularly fun to craft. He's he's a good chap. He's a good chap. <laughs> Ryan? Uh Ryan? Ryan, yeah. What about you? Oh, um for Arius, probably uh Fiora. Oh. I'm probably copying my brother there. Fiora is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh and for oh, just because uh, she can throw down uh with the best of them. And she has kind of like that Serafina type of attitude. Oh, (laughs) I actually, (laughs) I didn't even think of that. I was just picture. I know when I developed Fiora, I'm like, okay, I want someone like socially awkward and uncomfortable, but she works in a bar. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, it has to be Kildrum in Farwind because one, I really like villains. And two, I just like the idea of having like this articulates almost like uh, playing with uh, uh, like a spoiled kid playing with his food at the table like yes that's what it is and and it's like oh he's already has this planned out and he's going to torture each and every one of us and uh, see how we can go through it Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to like future episodes with them for sure. Uh, yeah, I don't want to give anything away, but episode 11, I had the most fun with Kildrum ever. And so, oh my god, um, I think I was the most stressed out during that session. Uh, that was that was so much fun for me. <laughs> Adam, who's been your favorite NPC so far? Um, I really can't say because they haven't been introduced yet. And actually, both campaigns. The one really? in my, so the one in my uh, the Aries campaign actually, uh, he actually gets introduced. I think this this episode. <gasps> okay, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, he's good. And had to think the Farwind campaign, we actually just met him last game session, and I cannot. <laughs> You know who I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. I can't say who that is. I love him. He is the best. Oh, my God. I want him somehow to join our cast. Audience, you just wait. Let's see if we can find a way to to keep him in the story. Oh, my God. I forgot about that dude. All right. All right. All right. We don't want to. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing. That's all I want to say. Like they haven't been introduced yet. For like I said, Not the areas so you guys can check out the episode to figure out who that is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah we're, it's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> I thought oh, you were gonna was... say Ramathorn. Yeah, I was surprised you didn't go with Ramathorn. Ramathorn Blitz and like, you know. And Fiora, they're like obviously givens, but like I'm that person who likes to find out like one random person. Like the next person in Arius, I'd probably have to say it'd have to be that uh, the tinkerer who was I that Tagore kept saying was a witch. Like I just like oh, random, I like random <laughs> characters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Sometimes the way your character's the best, though, because, like, as as a DM, you feel like you could be the most absurd with them, because you're like, they're never going to come back, mm-hmm. so they can just be ridiculous. Right. Well, and that's like, as if I was the DM, I'd just, like, I'd actually just, like, run with that and have that guy, like, develop a complex now, and then, like, go, like, become a witch hunter, and then, like, he's just, like, burning people this day, and now he's, like, a mad serial killer by night, but by day, he's a this scientist. Is, this is why we don't let you DM. No, no, yeah, I just saying, like, I have to get into DM. <laughs> I like the what if the what if of what they're doing oh that's a Pandora's box I really think we should not open guys I'm just gonna say oh, just to add another favorite scene when that when the halfway <laughs> dies and then you're like what if this was her first job and she was trying to get the mo- dude that is you guys I just want you to know that that, that halfling who had you at knife point it was her first day no! 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 no. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's all right. She was a bitch anyway. <laughs> oh my god, that's great. I love how she used you as full cover too. That was great. Well, she knew what she did. <laughs> you know what you did to that coat. Oh my god, Rob, who's your favorite NPC so far? Or did you already say? Oh, it's Carver. Yeah, it's, it's Carver. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's it's right. Carver. Um, so. I do want to. Uh, I do want to jump back to a question here from um, uh, from Dismal Ninja. Um, mm-hmm. He uh, he asked for everyone as a group. Looking back from the beginning of the show to now, how do you think you've improved, and where would you like to keep improving? Kind of a thoughtful question here, guys. Well, I, I, it's so funny because I when I talked to Lady about Manny, um, basically. I wanted to put more thought into like how he casts spells, what they mm-hmm. look like, and things like that. And I think like right now I'm really fucking on that, especially in the last episode. So I think I might be getting more into that and really trying to come up with thoughtful spell ideas. And same with Shadow when he's like battling. Like I want to try to get that 3D scope and really utilize you know air kicks or whatever you know and try to be a little bit more mm-hmm. specific on that Descriptive. area yeah 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 uh, i think for me as a dm not saying uh and whatnot a lot <laughs> since i got called on that and then over the weekend i went mother and i played the first episode for her from the Arius campaign and without even saying anything, she made a comment about it too. So thanks, mom. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't wanted to say anything, but I actually keep a little score pad when we play. Fuck you! <laughs> no. <laughs> Do you really? Yeah. Have to. Damn it! Oh, man. <laughs> and then he takes a shot every time. He's like, you wow, know what? It, you know what? You know what it is? Is Back in high school and in college, I was in speech team and thespian club. And one of and the biggest not. things... Shut up, bitch. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I will kill you. Yeah. You bitch. So one of the things as an actor and a public speaker you're trained not to do is say, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, but uh. Yep. So I think I've trained myself to replace those with and whatnot. 
that's my filler instead of saying oh, um but um it's, it's definitely a very unique but, um, filler <laughs> 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 god damn it uh, no that's that's awesome um don't ever stop adding and whatnot <laughs> i'll try you know what i'll do an episode where i just i have an npc only when he talks or she talks always says that <sighs> just to an annoying degree where the players pick oh, up on it <laughs> and that's gonna be my middle finger to you guys i like it i like it <laughs> i think that's awesome uh, <laughs> I, I would say that as a um, as a DM personally, um, one of the things that I would really like to improve on is is frankly doing a better job of, of accompanying music to the uh, to the podcast. There, my uh, the background music and, and far wind on the episodes that I've had been sort of a general sort of wash, um, and uh, and I'm always envious of uh, of just how cinematic. Uh, the soundtrack is in Arius there. Uh, so that's something I would definitely like to to improve on going forward in the campaign. Um, what I think I've gotten better at uh, is uh, I don't think I'll ever be able to anticipate Adam, but at least <laughs> being a little more, you know, being able to look at my, uh, <laughs> at my, at my adventures and going, okay, How's Adam going to go off the rails on this one? <laughs> like, I told you, you have to think that way with him. I even, even with the current area stuff, like the outlines I have, mm-hmm. I always have like a little side note. Okay, what the fuck is Adam going to do as Tagoro? Like, I got to think of what that idiot barbarian will come up with since apparently for the past 10 episodes, he's been the idea guy of the party. What the fuck? So I have to say, it's it's made me a much better writer, and it's actually allowed me, it's gotten me to go down a couple kind of cool rabbit holes uh, in the stuff that I've written for you guys in the future here. Um, some of it you've played, some of you haven't yet, and uh, uh, just looking at my basic outline and going, okay, so if they take an absolute, you know, Adam left turn here, where's that going to take them? And then I'm like, that's going to be so much more interesting. All right, let's write that in <laughs> so that we can do that. <laughs> Um, Thank you, Adam, for making us think on our feet. He has better DMs. Thank you. Welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. What about you guys as players? Um, I mean, (laughs) Tagoro has gotten a lot better with things. Like you said, he's kind of like the idea man now. Yeah, because when he started in White Tower, he was pretty run-of-the-mill barbarian, if I remember correctly. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he's improved. Uh, I'd like to see him improve a lot more. You know, becoming more understanding and maybe not so naive sometimes. <laughs> but we'll just have to see where he goes. Mm-hmm. And Xavier, I will say, I think Xavier has not improved at all, even from the beginning. I think he's actually regressed just because, like, and it's not like I'm not, like, complaining about the show or anything. It's not. It's just he very much is, like, seeing it as, like, whenever he does something, it's kind of, like, shot down immediately by, like, majority of the group. So he's just now kind of, like, become background noise. 
So you kind of think about it. He kind of is like, is this in the background? He hardly says anything just because he's just like, yeah, they're going to die eventually. I just got to wait for my chance. <laughs> so like he, I think, is regressed in the fact that he's like a little more murderous. Like not that he's going to kill anyone, but he's kind of one of those like. He so seems wait, like a, is, is he Team Caldrum at the moment? I got to ask, is, is Xavier Team Caldrum? Oh, if he wakes up to your like bodies, like, you know, all your throat slits and Calvin's standing there, he's just going to be like, uh, I totally don't know them. Like, <laughs> what do you need? <laughs> they kidnapped me. I don't know what happened. <laughs> These people, let me tell you, you think you have it rough with the undead. Not so much better over here. <laughs> nice. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, do we have time for one more question, or do we want to call it at that? Um, or actually, I'm sorry, have we talked to Ryan? Have we mentioned Ryan? Have we got? Oh yeah, Ryan. Uh, Ryan or Kyle? I don't think got to say. Maybe they did. I don't know. I think... Oh, I answered. Yeah, Kyle opened us up. Uh, but Ryan, we didn't. <clears throat> we skipped over you here. So what about you? Uh, in terms of dark, uh, I think he's progressing at a pretty good piece like i would think uh that throughout the adventures he kind of like adapts to like whatever is going on Mm -hmm. especially uh it was very very lucky that um my favorite enemy was undead and then um the uh uh, his uh, favorite location was forest because i didn't realize like at first like what we were doing i'm like okay we're most likely gonna fight mostly undead Mm -hmm. and uh I'd probably be better in the forest. <laughs> then it just so happened, hey, that's where you're most likely going to be. <laughs> and I, it, immediately, and, I did not, you know, when I wrote all of this, I didn't read your character sheet. I was like, you know what? I'm going to give this to him. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Awesome, guys. So, uh, I, I don't know about you guys, but I think that's probably all the time we have for questions uh, at this mm-hmm. point. And there's so many, like, know, everyone submitted some really good questions. We'll have to do another one. Yes, yeah, for absolutely. sure. Absolutely. So we'll hang on to these questions here. And uh, and then when we do our, our next Q&A uh, episode, uh, you know, in the future here, we'll uh, we'll roll these in as well as some new ones. We'll see. Mm-hmm. See what we can find out. Um so to that end, that brings us to a very special announcement uh, that uh, we've been hinting at for uh, for our audience here. Um, but you guys, and by that I mean our audience, uh, has been phenomenal um, in your support and your uh, your activity in the chat and just uh, talking to us, talking about us and getting us out there and, and really helping uh, our uh, our viewership grow. And so. Mm-hmm. Uh, we wanted to do a little thank you for you guys. So to that end, uh, we are going to be running uh, two community one-shots. And so for that, we are going to, Cassie and I will each be DMing uh, a game. Uh, Cassie's taking place in Arius Mine, taking place in Farwind. And we want you guys to be our party members. Uh, so Holy crap. if you guys would like to be uh, in uh, a, our one shot fan appreciation episodes, uh, all you got to do is uh, send us a one to two minute audio clip uh, introducing yourself and then uh, describing your character idea. Uh, anything from the official content is on the table. Uh, so feel free to get creative out there. 
uh, and get a, a, a little zany, a, a little dark, a little fun. And uh, we want to see what you've got. We'll uh, we'll collect all of that. Uh, and uh, uh, by the end of, I think, January 31st is our deadline to have all that in. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, and then we will go through and we'll pick the best ones uh, to uh, to assemble two different groups from. Uh, so if that is exciting to you guys, please, please send in your submission. We want to get you in on the game. And you can send those to us at partyadvantagepodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. All right. And and I just want to double check too, Rob. Mm-hmm. The These one shots will also feature members of the cast playing within the party as well, right? They will. Uh, and I That's think that our, our, the plan is for them to, to drum up their own brand new one shot characters as well uh, for this so that we can get some some completely new fun content <laughs> and uh and essentially we'll record the show uh and we'll post it as a bonus episode uh so yeah that's gonna be exciting can't wait sounds awesome <laughs> so i'll go ahead and just do a quick wrap up for us uh just kind of like our usual sign off uh thank you so much to our community, both here in our Discord, on our Facebook, and on our Twitter uh, community. Everyone is fantastic. You can come join us on our Discord channel, and you can find that link in this week's episode description. Um, You can also, like I said, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook using at Party Advantage. There's also our website, partyadvantagepodcast.com, where we post uh, a lot of our recent episodes. You can find character bios for both the Far Wind and Arius cast. I'm trying to think of everything else. We, on Facebook and Twitter, we do fun posts, uh, polls, and questions each day and whatnot to damn it i did it i said it right there shit (laughs) i hate you guys but i love you guys so yeah uh that's kind of our regular stuff uh the cast you guys are awesome to dm with indeed you are you guys are wonderful (laughs) thanks guys all choked up around here Oh, God, don't <laughs> cry. <laughs> is there anything else we're forgetting? Is there anything else we Does anyone have anything? Yeah, any other announcements, comments, questions, derogatory remarks? Uh, you're all beautiful, oh. and I love you. Duh. My girlfriend's working on smart work. Oh, yes. I can't wait. I know you told me about this, and I can't wait. God. Yeah, my girlfriend's working on a portrait of it. Manny, and I guess it's when he got stabbed on the boat. So, oh it's my like god, him rising up as the shadow sorcerer type deals. That sounds so we'll see how that ass. works as soon as it's done. It's hopefully gonna be done. And she said before Christmas, so it'd be like a Christmas gift to us. Yay, awesome. that would be great. Type we of love, deal. love fan art, so yes, any fan art, anyone, yeah, you can share that with us on Twitter. Again, Twitter, Facebook, and our Discord channel. We have an art channel you can throw stuff up in, so I'm super excited to see what your girlfriend has to show us. Cool. Alright, guys. Well, if that wraps up, then uh, I guess we'll say goodnight. 
Yeah. Yeah, have a good night, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Sweet dreams. Jesus (laughs) Christ. (laughs) Well, with that, we'll see you next time on Party Advantage. (laughs) All right.